Chagigit of Chav Kimel Amad Beishir number one, and we're right at the top. We've just said that our Mishnah could well be the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. Our Mishnah told us that um, a regular Kli that's being used in Kodesh, even though it was finished off in a status of Tara, it needs a mikvah before being used in Kodesh. Um, and we said that, that, that one can use it immediately after the mikvah. One does not need to wait till the nightfall. Um, then we brought a Mishnah where Rabbi Eliezer said, and we need to know that Rabbi Eliezer is very concerned about the opinion of the Tztukim. The opinion of the Tztukim, they held that any, any part of the procedure of Paraduma, any purification in the Paraduma procedure, needed the setting of the sun. So we don't hold of that. And they would try to do everything they could to eliminate this opinion of the tztukim. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, it was a bit strange, because the person was making a tube to be used to store the ashes of the paraduma, and he said it needs a mikvah. After being completed, it needs a mikvah. Now, and then it can be used straight away. Now, even the tztukim wouldn't have a problem with that, because the tztukim saw this procedure and it's not for sure that this, this, this uh, reed, this tube, ever became tame. It was all a concern that maybe there was an ama'aret saliva on it before it was finished and it was still wet after it had finished. According to Rabbi Yoshua, we saw that they actually went out of their way to contaminate, to impurify this, this tube and then mikvit. That's very good. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, how is this eliminating the opinion that stuck him? So he said it would work like this, that un- for regular vessels... One can mikveh it and use it immediately. However, the, uh, they, they heightened the stringency when a vessel was being used in the procedure of the paraduma. And Rav told us, since the first three words of the, of the, of the Amud, that they made it like tame sheretz, which means it's a higher level of tumah, which would have normally required her of shemesh, the setting of the sun. And even the tztukim would have agreed that it would have required the setting of the sun. And then when Rebbe Eliezer says that one can use it straight away after the mikvah, that precludes the opinion of the tztukim. So the Gemara asks, if that's the case, that now this tube that's being used in the, the procedure for the paraduma is considered to be ketame sheretz, then loy tetame adam. It shouldn't be powerful enough to contaminate and to impurify the person touching it. But why then are we taught in a b'raisa that the person who cuts the tube and the person who sub, uh, immerses the tube, they both need a mikvah. Why? If it's only on the level of tamei sheretz, it should not contaminate the person touching it. Rather, we have to say that the rabbis made the kli being used, in this case the tube being used in the procedure for the paraduma, they made it katame meis. Not katame sheretz, but katame meis, as if it had become uh, impure from a dead body. And that's a much higher level of tumah. And that will explain why the person touching it would require a mikvah. Says the Gemara, if that's the case, if it becomes tame like, uh, uh, like it had come into contact with a mace, a mikvah wouldn't be enough to purify this tube. It should require also the sprinkling of the waters on the third and the seventh day of contamination and only then have a mikvah and only then will it be usable. Allah Matanya, why then have we been taught in a b'raisa choytcha umat bila that the, the, uh, the person who cut it and the person who immersed it ton tevila, they only need a mikvah. Again, this tube should have transmitted a high level of tumah to the person touching it that they should require not just a mikvah but um, the sprinkling on the third and the seventh day. 
But our, our Brysa tells us that all they need to do is undergo a mikvah. Tevila in, a mikvah, yes, that's what they need. But hazos, shlishi v'shvilo, but they do not require the sprinkling on the third and the seventh day. So it can't be a tome like a sheretz, and it can't be tome like a mace. So the Gemara says, Ella, rather, asu'uha, the rabbis made this, uh, they treated this tube, ketame mace b'shvi, shaloi. Like something which had been, been contaminated by a mace, but after seven days, meaning that all it requires is a mikvah. It will transmit tumah to the person touching it, that's why they require a mikvah, but all it needs to undergo is a mikvah, and then it can be used. For ha tanya, ah, but the Brysa taught us, me'oilam lo chidshu dava bapara, that the rabbis never made a, 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 a new innovation in, with regards to tumah um, in, uh, in the laws of the paraduma. And this is, a, this is a, a big innovation because you're treating this tube to be like it touched a dead body, even though it never did. And you're treating it like it touched a dead body seven days ago, which is an even bigger innovation. So Omar Abai, Abai says, no, that statement is referring to something else. Shaloi Omru, they, they, what they mean is, is that they would never say that a shovel is metame uh, moishav, has uh, is uh, con, um, contracts tuma by somebody sitting on it. Kedasanya, like it says in a brisa, alakli. The pasuk says anything, any person who sits on a vessel, on a kli, yochel kafasa You might have thought that if somebody turns over a certain size box and sits on it, or a terkav or a different size box and sits on it, yehetame that it would be uh, contaminated, it would become impure. Talmud loima. That's why the pasuk says vahayoshev al hakli. Somebody who sits on a kli, a vessel. So Ashayoshava Alav Yitma, that which people normally sit on can become Tame, but Mishima Yuchudli Yeshiva, only something which is de- designated for sitting on. Yotzazer, excluding this shovel, Sha'imrim Loi, or these boxes, that a person would say to you, Omoid Venasamalachtenu, get up and let us continue with our job with that vessel. So basically what we're saying is like this is that Tumas Moishav is only transmitted downwards onto something which people normally sit on. Something which people normally don't sit on, like a tool, then um, that will not uh, contract Tumas Moishav. So when the Brysa told us that the rabbis never made an innovation with regards to Tuma in the Paraduma procedure, what that means is, is that they never gave something Tuma which was impossible for it to have received. For example, they would never render a shovel Tomei Moishav because it's impossible for a shovel to ever become um, contaminated with Tumas Moishav. However, this tube, since it is possible that it could have been contaminated with Tumas Mace, and it is possible that it could be that that happened seven days ago. So therefore, it's not considered a, a, a far-fetched innovation to say that the rabbis considered this tube to be um, Tomei Ketumas Mace on the seventh day of contamination. So that being the case, just to go back and put all the pieces together, um, that will explain why Rebbe Eliezer would have normally, right, even, even the tzedukim would have agreed that generally this, this tube should have required a, uh, a mikvah, because we consider it to be tome, uh, uh, contaminated with tumas mace on the seventh day, therefore it should require a mikvah and her of shemesh. 
But because Rabbi Eliezer didn't want to, um, he, he wanted to uh, invalidate the opinion of the Tzdukim, that's why he allowed this tube to be used straight away after the mikveh, even before Ha'erev Shemesh. Whereas our Mishnah, which was talking about a vessel which was not used in the Paraduma procedure, um, it would be obvious that after, immediately after mikvering, you can use it straight away, even before nightfall.